The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involves varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News for Sunday, September 26. Busy half hour. If you got adult children at home, they've moved back. Got some tips to manage expectations. We're going to go over that with Brian Fiore, our branch director at Annex Wealth Management in Naples. Got a family vacation home. Might it pass from generation to generation? How do you do that? What are the steps? We've got a great webinar coming up. Details on that. I'm Danny Clayton. These two guys were John as they came into the studio, so I know they've got a lot to talk about. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Good morning. Good morning, Danny. Hey, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you, and good morning to Southwest Florida. Yeah, we had a lot to say. It was not all investment-related, but sometimes about golf, sometimes about football, but one of the things that we certainly were talking about was the FOMC meeting that happened on Wednesday. As expected, Derek was very dovish. It, it was dovish. You know, the, the interesting thing about it, you know, Powell said basically the conditions for tapering exist, but he didn't say when, and he basically said it was data dependent. So depending upon how that next unemployment report c- turns out, uh, we may see a move on the Fed finally to begin tapering their bond purchases. That's right. So remember that the Fed has a dual mandate. One is, of course, keeping us fully employed, and second of all is keeping inflation under control. And I say that with a bit of tongue-in-cheek because neither one of those are at their goal yet. But They moved their focus away from employment, which seemed to have been their goal back to inflation, which we found interesting. Right. They were, he was pretty obsessed with uh, talking about inflation during his press conference. And, and clearly, the Fed has been surprised by the persistence of these inflationary trends we've seen. And we have yet to really see the increase in, in owner-equivalent rent, which is a big component of CPI. That's right. So we'll have to watch that. And let's move on to one part of inflation that is continuing to happen, and that is bottlenecks. And you'll see that no matter where you go. If you wanted to buy furniture in Southwest Florida, if you want to go get a new car, all of that is backlogged because of bottlenecks and lack of workers, uh, particularly on the West Coast, to get those products out. And we're going to continue to see that. Some analysts have said this won't clear up for at least a year. Well, as an example, Thursday after the close, Nike reported they missed sales estimates. And the primary reason they did was because factories are closed in Vietnam, which is a primary supplier to them. So obviously, Christmas is going to be toast because it takes 80 days for those products to reach our shores. So if you want to go out and get something for the holidays, particularly the Christmas time, uh, you better start thinking about it now because it may not be there come December. And I find that interesting and almost an alarm that when we see that Nike starting to miss because they can't get labor and they can't get products, will that become a storyline across earnings season, which is about to begin? Well, we also saw a weak report from FedEx where they basically guided down, and obviously they're having problems as well getting drivers and the rest. So what we really have to focus on is estimates for the year have continued to rise as, as the market has risen, which has actually made the market cheaper now than it was at the beginning of the year. But if these companies do not uh, exceed expectations, we could see some more volatility during earnings season. And that could be the case. You know, I 
find interesting, of course, is the fact that we're talking about how inflation can affect earnings, but still the dot plot, which is this idea where these Fed governors suggest what is going to happen in 2022 and 2023 continues to move up, which really isn't connected. Right. The uh, I guess it was nine to nine. There were nine Fed governors who basically suggested the first increase in interest rates will come in the fourth quarter of 2022. And I want to reiterate, when we're talking about tapering, we're just talking about less liquidity being introduced to the system. It's not tightening, but many people will see that as the beginning of a move to tighten and may alter their portfolio allocations as a result. And I think that's a really important point. The fact that they begin to taper or hold back some of their purchases, which pushes liquidity into the system, is not raising rates. Because, of course, we all know that this country has $30 trillion of debt. And any raise in interest rate means a higher cost to service that debt. And, of course, the interest would then supersede the complete defense budget in this country. So interest rates likely to stay low. Inflation may get away from us, which means there's going to be a term that you'll hear more often called stagflation. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Annex Wealth Management provides investment and retirement planning services, tax planning and estate planning through a complete plan that is built for you and you alone. It includes every single one of the Annex Wealth Management teams. Also, one fee. We're a fee-only fiduciary. We're talking about zero commissions. Our motivation is to help you. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. What happens when adult children come back home? Brian Fiore is going to talk about that next. That's on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. It may not feel like it, but 2021 is slipping away. You've seen headlines about inflation and potential tax changes. If you haven't reviewed your investment and retirement plan or considered the impact of new taxes, it's time. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Set up a time to talk, review, or revise your plan today. Know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Recent survey reported almost 50% of Gen Z adults between 18 and 24 thought hard about moving home during the pandemic. 20% did and are still there. Hopefully loving your kids and guiding them never goes away, but at a certain point, they need to grow up. They need to grapple with life the same way we all did. And that's what we're going to talk about here. When they move back in as adults, how to handle it best. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples, here to talk about it. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Danny. I actually have two children in this uh, 18 to 24-year-old <laughs> category. So I'm hopefully we're going to say if they move back in, not when. Well, I've heard little <laughs> glimpses of your parenting style, and I think you're you're sending them on in the right direction. So hopefully not. Uh, the first step, Brian, is to start by setting a boundary with yourself. Yeah, I think a lot of our listeners have gone through this. Um, maybe you can help your children and that sort of thing. I think two things come into play on that is, one, unite as a couple when you are dealing with your children. If one's doing one parent is doing one thing or saying thing, one thing and the other is doing another, that's not very consistent and you'll have a, a good parent, maybe bad parent relationship or one you can, that children can push over easier than the other. So be consistent, be, be united, I would think. And also the other thing we suggest and plan and do with our clients is make sure your financial plan is known that you're going to save in, for your nest egg, your retirement. Your financial plan does not mean you're going to include having your kids on your expenses for the rest of their lives. Yep. Brian Fiore, wealth manager and marriage counselor. Next up, be clear about what expenses you expect them to pay for on their own. 
Yeah, I think um, they understand as they grow up that things cost money. And when you are consuming things, it costs money. And it's a, a reasonable conversation to have that when you're budgeting for a family, they are going to be contributing to expenses. And there should be some expectations if they're going to live with you that they're going to contribute to pay for some of those expenses. Another tip is to create a time limit on your financial support. Using the word temporary is key when when this happens if this happens that everybody understands this is temporary and that you maybe expect them to get better at something every day a little bit to help them be financially independent and move on to their feet and so using the word temporary and maybe check in monthly quarterly every six months how are we going with being able to create your own uh, sustainable self and being financially independent yourself Yeah, we had a son that moved back in as he was finishing up college. And let me tell you, it's no picnic for the kid either. They've gone from either living off at college or living on their own, and all of a sudden they're back under the roof with mom and dad. It's not so much fun. Here's another one. Help them set money goals. Yeah, I think asking them, you know, what's a rainy day fund or emergency fund? What does that mean to them? And if they have one, I think that's a good place to start. Make sure you're figuring out a way that you're going to bring an income and put things away for if things go wrong when you are on your own and something happens where income stops, you can still support yourself. So I think that's the first thing for sure. And then obviously, in general, we're talking about expenses and budgeting and and living within your means, that sort of thing. Next up is don't give them handouts. This is probably difficult, especially for some of those parents that really want to help their kids in any way, shape or form. But just because someone wants to ask you for money for certain things doesn't mean it's reasonable or acceptable. So a good example is if there's a request for $500, let's say, to get through the months, that's not very specific. There's not a really direct correlation of what they're going to use that money for. Maybe if it's for something more specific like a security deposit on an apartment or a down payment on an automobile or something like that, where it's going to be used for a certain thing. And then you can ask, okay, so in the, in the next month or next quarter, how are you going to cover that? And that sort of thing. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. What are the ground rules when kids move back home? Next up, stop automatically paying their bills. Yeah, uh, getting used to what a bank is or online debits or bill pays and Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, all these things that are going on, um, they should know how to use them. And at some point you can say, all right, in the next month or next two months, we're going to be off our automatic payment from our bank accounts and everything's got to be shifted to your bank account. If you need help, I'll help you. Here's another one. Give more financial responsibilities at home. Yeah, I think just being participating in the uh the expenses of, of living, what it costs to have a roof over your head and groceries and electricity and utilities and get them to understand that they're consuming all that. And you're able to probably make it affordable for them to pay a certain amount based on what you know they're making income or what you know what they're financially able to. But have some responsibility is definitely a, a good idea. How about charging rent if the adult child is living at home? I hope like that, that word temporary comes into play a lot more where this is temporary and we don't have to get to that point. But I guess if it becomes more than temporary, then yeah, have that, you got to have that discussion is, you know, again, our financial plan is for our saving investment is us as parents and not paying for you for the rest of your life. So you're going to have to contribute to your living expenses like everyone else. And let's figure that out. Set clear conditions for when your child is expected to move out. If we can ask them to get a little bit better or something every day and say, all right, our goal is this is temporary in six months. We want to see if you can be on your own supporting yourself. So what are you going to do each week? Are you going to get better at certain study? Are you going to apply for jobs? Are you going to go back to school? And what are we going to do and to help you get better so you can support yourself in the future? Adult children moving back home. The final one is don't always jump in when they're struggling. Yeah, I think any quick response to just give them give them help or give them 
resources right away and don't let them figure it out and ask questions about what and why that's happening and what they think good you know, ways to resolve it are. It's not a good idea just to you know, quickly solve the problem for them, let them discover and you can guide, but let them discover and figure things out because they can, they haven't got this far because they're you know useless. So <laughs> let, them, let them be useful. Real life happens, ladies and gentlemen, for investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning. We do it as a fee only fiduciary. Know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that get start a button. Brian Fiore, branch director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, Danny. We'll be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. One team, one plan, one fee. Money Talk is straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Days getting shorter, temperatures getting cooler for many listening today, going to the family cottage or lake house or cabin or whatever you're going to call it. Those places are near and dear to us. And many times it's a family place. Grandma and grandpa had it. Strong desire to keep those special places in the family. But it's easier said than done. Annex Wealth Management knows that, and that's why our Saving the Family Cottage presentations are so popular. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management, here to talk about it and a way to learn more. Welcome back, Deanne. Thank you for having me. Also joining us, Jill Martin, Estate Planning Attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. So, Deanne, it's not so simple, is it, when grandma and grandpa pass along a family asset like a cottage? For one thing, everybody might not want it. Well, that's very true. Just because we think a property is awesome, that doesn't mean that everybody else in the family will want it. Or even if they did love the property, would they use it or have a need for it? And then you have to factor in the expenses you're going to pass along to others. So really the first question is, should it be passed along at all? And it's a great point, Deanne, because a lot of times, if you think about it when you're younger, that's a great family gathering place. But as people get older, they may have their own cabins and their own cottages that they want to go to and not necessarily want to have the family cottage anymore. They want their own. And you might have some people that live out of state. Absolutely. And that makes it really hard because if you can take two hours out of your day and run up and go mow the grass, that's real easy. But if somebody's living in Texas, that's a lot harder to do. Each case is different, but when a family cottage transfers from grandma and grandpa, what's the process that we like to follow? Well, first we want to see if there are any documents that have already been put into place. And this might look like a trust or an LLC for the cottage. This is why we have experts like Jill on staff as our in-house estate planning attorney to help clients review those and really see what their options are. But these documents are really important. They can give guidelines, set expectations, expenses, use of property how and when you get access to it, how to get out of it even, and who gets it when and how it's passed down. And that's really important, right? A lot of times we run into situations with clients where there is no strategy. It's just, I leave this property to my three kids when I pass away, and now they become joint owners, and they have to figure out all the rules and guidelines on how to manage this. Whereas through a good estate planning process, you can have a dialogue with your kids and that next generation that you're going to leave it to, to A, figure out who wants it, and B, figure out 
how are we going to structure this so that there's a good agreement in place for them when they take it over? You know, and these family cottages or these vacation places, they require maintenance, and that's not cheap. That requires money. Do we cover how to figure that out? Yeah, because a lot of times we'll see arrangements like this. Hey, Uncle Joe, he's really handy. Let him fix the roof, right? Not necessarily the best methodology with that. But yes, to your point, Danny, you are passing along a financial, for some people it could be a burden, but definitely a responsibility. And this needs to be incorporated into a financial plan. So what happens is, is while we see the LLC or the trust that gets set up, The real estate isn't the only thing that needs to go into that, right? That's where we need to add some cash or we need to structure it so that all of the members that are going to be owners of the cabin have the ability to put some cash towards it. And this gets more complex as it gets passed on multi-generations, too. All of a sudden, you know, Danny, you and I might be siblings and maybe we disagree on some things, but we can agree on who gets it when. But as our kids and their kids get it, imagine the complexities. You might have owners who don't know each other. Well, I was wondering about the part where they say, oh, by the way, we all need to throw some cash at that. You might have some people balk at that. And then next up is when does this thing get used and by who? You got to have a good calendar. You have to reserve dates. Yeah, everyone wants the 4th of July right on the lake. And, you know, that goes goes even deeper to the dates, too, and the methodology of who gets it when, but who gets to use the toys and the stuff? Who owns the toys and the stuff? Who has to maintain those? Right. And that's a really big question, right? Because who's responsible for washing the bed sheets when they leave? Yeah. Right? Should that be clean for the next person that comes in? Who puts gas in the boat? Absolutely. It's all those little things that if it's just your place, you don't necessarily think about it. You just do it. But if it's your brother or your sister or your brother-in-law, like, how does that all happen? And does it flow as easily and as smoothly as it should. You know, I hate to bring it up, but divorces happen and family cottages or vacation homes, they're assets. Do we cover how to protect it and keep it in the family? So we've actually seen situations where through a divorce, an ex, so not a blood family member, inherits a fractional portion of of a property. That puts everyone in a very tough situation. So We do give some ideas around creditor and divorce protection, yes, but depending upon what state you live in and how your estate planning documents are done, this can become a very complex topic. Obviously, the more planning that's done, the better potentially protected you might be. Absolutely. And so what we see a lot of times is is when someone uses an LLC to structure this, there's a consent that's signed off by the spouses saying, I waive any future ownership interest in this and understand that this is this family asset and I don't have a right to it. And even that can be a difficult conversation for spouses to have with each other. Kind of like a prenup for uh, property. Absolutely. <laughs> We've got a webinar coming up. We urge people to sign up for this. Even if you got questions at the most basic level, Deanne, one of these things happening. So Saving the Family Cottage, again, sign up for it. It's very popular. The next one happens soon as a webinar, Thursday, September 30th at 5 p.m. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Joe Martin, estate planning lawyer at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you to you. Absolutely. Quick break. We're going to be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. We've worked hard to build an in-house team of experts and specialists, such as lawyers, CPAs, CFPs, and even PhDs, who work to deliver a customized financial plan for you. Planning with Annex starts by considering your ideas. 
Then we create a blueprint that includes not just your investment plan, but also your tax and estate plans. 2021 is slipping away and you've seen headlines about inflation and potential tax changes. If you haven't reviewed your investment and retirement plan or considered the impact of new taxes, it's time. And if you're planning, should start now. Get started on creating or getting a second set of eyes on your plan with the team at Annex Wealth Management. Go to AnnexWealth.com, set your own appointment, and a member of the Annex team can talk to you about where you are and how we can help. Know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. Need help? Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Now back to the Annex Wealth Management Show. A couple of reminders. Saving the Family Cottage webinar happens this coming Thursday, 5 o'clock. Register at AnnexWealth.com slash events. If you came in late, this show will be on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel at 9 o'clock this morning. If you have uh, want to check out our Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, it's quite good with over 1,300 videos. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer in the studio this morning. Dave Spano is President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, I want to talk about two things that we need to watch out for, and then I want to end on a positive note. But in the first part of the show, I mentioned the term stagflation. And if you break that apart, it pretty much defines it, a stagnant economy with rising inflation. And we've seen this before in this country, and that really means a slowing economy. And therefore, we saw GDP numbers that were pretty good, and now we're starting to see that begin to slow down, as well as inflation begin to pick up. That combination of stagflation is something to watch. Right. I mean, the combination of those factors, which could push the Fed to raise rates in a slowing economy, certainly elevates market risk to a degree, which is why we constantly preach the idea of rebalancing portfolios, adjusting your allocation as asset prices move away from fair value to basically create a much better uh, risk-adjusted return over a business cycle. No, that was, that was the good news I was going to get to. You stole the line. But, you know, the other part I wanted to get to is what's happening in China. And, of course, if you haven't been watching this, there is a major property developer in China called Evergrande, and they missed the payment they were supposed to make which could cause this massive bankruptcy somewhere in the tune of $300 billion. To put this in perspective, Lehman Brothers was $600 billion. Right. I mean, but Lehman Brothers also had more systemic risk because they were leveraged to such a great degree. And the Chinese, it looks like what they're going to do basically is try to get money back to their, their citizens, but they're going to screw international debt holders. They're not going to pay them. Right. And that's something that you know makes China less investable as an asset class. And that's one of the things that we wanted to get to. But as that happens and if they do default what does China do about it and as you said does it become a systemic risk not only in China but across the world with other partners and then of course what does that look like when you want to invest in EM emerging markets does that take China off the list what I want to end with is a positive note on all of these concerns that we talked about are more bricks in the wall as Pink Floyd once said of the wall of worry we have continued to do that over the last 10 or 12 years since the financial crisis, but the market has gone up. And Derek, you brought in a piece that showed money continuing to go into not only equities, but fixed income. And that money is obviously being put into the market. It's really astonishing given the performance of, of U.S. stocks really since the, the pandemic and, and even before 
with the great financial crisis. I mean, this year, for example, flows into domestic equity, and this is net mutual funds versus ETFs, only 60 billion for the year, whereas in fixed income, 600 billion. So people are obviously concerned about getting a paycheck, getting interest income, but when usually what you see at a market top is an over exuberance towards an asset class is actually outperformed. And that's right. And that's the reason why when we go through this exercise of where your assets are allocated and where they are located, are they in IRAs, 401ks and the like? Are they tax deferred or are they taxable? Because obviously the ball is moving when it comes to tax planning. All of this means where should you invest? How should you invest? Where are the opportunities? And in the last 30 seconds, Derek, how would you position that? You know, looking forward, I think, you know, within fixed income, if you don't believe there's going to be recession in the next 12 to 18 months, having credit exposure makes a lot of sense because you get a higher coupon and low, low default risk, and that leads to better returns. On the equity side, I think you want a barbell. You want to barbell the growth stocks with some selected value stocks that ought to benefit as the economy, not just the United States, but the rest of the world recovers as we gradually uh, weed out this virus. I would invite those listening right now to take us up on this opportunity that we often talk about and we do with lots of folks here in Southwest Florida. That is to get a second set of eyes on your portfolio, give you this portfolio review, an unbiased review, and give it back to you. If you decide you want to work with us, that's totally up to you. But this is another set of eyes. It's another opinion. And you can get that at AnnexWealth.com. Derek Kelsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Dave Spano, President and CEO of AnnexWealth management. Thank you to you. Enjoy the day. And if we can help folks know the difference, it's one team, one plan, one fee for investment and retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, all together. One fee, fee only fiduciary. See you in a week on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.